Hello, internet peeps, and welcome to another edition of Big Trouble Little Podcast, podcast episode 124. I'm Joe Doves. I'm Andy. I'm Zach. And we are here uh, with a new camera angle for me because it's on a fucking tripod. Uh, so uh, it's all high up there, and I have to look that way. But uh, welcome. Welcome, everybody. We're going to be talking about Phantasm. And the Wicker Man, 1973, not Nicolas Cage's uh, Wicker Man. I, <laughs> I heard some funny... We did th- another theme inadvertently. We did 70s horror. Yes. Uh, so anyway, before we get into that, guys, what the hell have you been watching, playing, or doing? Andy, what about you? Um, I didn't play that many games, if I'm being honest. I, I played a little bit more Wario, and I swear, I took out Silent Hill, I put it in the Xbox, and then I was like... Uh, God damn it, I got to do laundry before I do this. And then I just never even started it. <laughs> but I I watched a couple of movies. I watched uh, House, which is a famous um, Japanese horror movie. Well, famous. It's kind of it's famous and obscure. Like, no one's heard of it, but apparently it's a big deal. I don't know. Uh, it's a Japanese horror movie from the 70s, 72, I think. I can't remember what year it was. But uh, it's about a bunch of uh, Japanese schoolgirls who are on summer vacation. They're high school girls, and they all go to this uh, house that's haunted, and there's a witch there, and a bunch of kooky, screwy shit happens, and it's it's bonkers. I love that movie to death. Um, and I also watched, uh, just randomly, The Ring. I thought I'd seen it before, but a bunch of it was surprising to me, so maybe I only... Because I think I watched, like, the last third of it one time with someone because at the end i was like okay i've seen all this but i swear at the beginning of the movie i'd never seen before and the movie's pretty good it was fun i liked it that's the one where the thing comes out of the screen right yeah the famous shot where she crawls out of the television yeah man that's an old movie now it's like what 10 more than 10 years right four. we're talking about the american one obviously because it's based on a Japanese movie, but that I've never seen. It's just, it was, I, my girlfriend and I were trying to find a scary movie to watch and, like, everything we would think of wasn't streaming anymore. You had to pay for it. And we were determined to find something for free. So we watched, we watched The Ring supported by commercials, and every time the commercials would come on, was way scarier than the movie itself. <laughs> They're put in so weird and, like, disjointed, and commercials are always louder than what you're watching. So it would be, like, a quiet scene where they're was talking on, about was that on Tubi? It was on Tubi. <laughs> but it'd be right. a quiet scene and they're talking about some serious shit where this woman went crazy and there were horses and a demon child and they're hey do you want to buy this thing? And oh my god it's, uh, <laughs> oh my god. You should get Robitussin for your child if he's sick. But yeah, I, I watched The Ring, a movie literally everyone saw in middle school and high school except me apparently and I watched House which I can't recommend enough. Go watch House. Not the TV show. The movie. I guess the TV show is fine, but yeah, watch the yeah. Japanese horror movie. Yeah, because there's another movie called House, and it, it has nothing to do with that. That's right. <laughs> and also, you know, you Resident Evil Nemesis Project boys, uh, House directly inspired Sweet Home, which, as both of you know, eventually inspired Resident Evil. So House is like the proto-proto Resident Evil. I do you like that? I suppose it is. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, what about you? What have you been playing, watching, doing, reading? All the above. Um, still reading my Birds of Prey Volume Three. I'm about finished with it. Um, 
Blockbuster is trying to find Oracle because she keeps stealing all of his money from his accounts, and it's funny. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I watched this movie on Netflix called The Ritual. Um, I have like just a on my I have a bunch of movies on my list on there, and I was like, I'll try to didn't get we watch that. We did. We did an yeah. episode on The Ritual. Yeah. I uh, I remember because I was like extremely like uh, I don't want to watch this movie, but and then there's a couple parts in it that are like genuinely really cool and creepy. So yeah, I was I was a bit surprised by it. It was actually pretty decent. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> I didn't expect the ending of it though, like the way it played out. Yeah, I thought it was just gonna have like one of those. Oh, he doesn't fucking make it. He just get, he gets got. He didn't get got. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't think I watched any other movies besides the ones we're getting ready to talk about. Um, still been playing the same games, Super Mario 64 and uh, One Survivor when I can. Uh, and that's pretty much it for me. Cool. All right. Me, I've been um, playing some NHL 21. Uh, that game came out Friday, and I'm... <laughs> I suck at the game so bad. There's so many tryhards in that fucking game now. You've been streaming uh, it too, right? I think I saw that. Yeah, I was streaming some of it. Uh, played with my friend Sweet D, uh, who's on tw- uh, Twitch. And then I played a lot of uh, Hockey Ultimate Team, where you open up packs and then you you know get players and put it on your team. Everybody has like all the top players, and I have all the shitty players, because I, I don't want to spend too much money on fucking cards. Mm-hmm. That's stupid. Um, what, what did I watch? I mean, I obviously watched Phantasm and the Wickerman. Uh, I was watching this show called Evil. Uh, that was on like CBS or something like that. It's about uh, a guy who works for the church and this lady who's like a lawyer or something like that, and they're like trying to like disprove or debunk all the devil uh like exorcist kind of stuff going on and some of it's actually like real and some of it's just bullshit it's interesting um what else did i watch oh i uh i started phantasm 2 i guess we'll get into the movie but uh phantasm 1 made me want to watch all of them (laughs) how many of them are there is there six or something like that yeah that's what i thought 2016 was a crowdfunded movie that uh, got revived, pretty much. And get this. This is weird. The same guy directs all of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did know that. And that, that never that, fucking happens. That's, like, famous because, like, he's maintained creative control of his series or whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, I watched uh, Resident Evil 2 Apocalypse because it was just on. And <laughs> I was like, sweet, Nemesis. Anyway, that's it. That's all I did this week. Uh, we're three weeks away from next-gen consoles, so I'm getting hype for me, obviously. Uh, oh, that reminds me. I almost bought a Virtual Boy today. <laughs> anyway. Right. Let's, let, let's get into Phantasm. So, boy, oh, boy, was that a movie. Um, so... Quickly, like, a synopsis of that movie is, like, a little boy named Mikey uh, starts off with a funeral. Was Now, Tommy was the friend of Jody, or was he family? I think he was a friend. 
he was a he was a friend. It seemed like him and Reggie were all yeah. like kind of childhood friends that grew up together. That's what I got out of it. Yeah, that's the impression I got as well. Yeah. Um. So they like did these like small things. Like Mikey would follow uh Jody around, and they had like this. It was it was it was very disjointed the story because you're just like, who is this grandma that like. Just sitting in the chair with this lady. Gender swapped Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> and you know, the lady tells the Mikey to put his hand into this like box and says, Don't fear. And then you... I, I kept expecting him to say fear is the mind killer. I swear. I can't, all I could think about was fucking dude. Yeah, that's hand all in I could think about. <laughs> <laughs> and then like you're like, hmm, somewhere this is going to like play into the, the movie, which it obviously did. Uh, but you guys are probably wondering what was scary about this movie. Uh, there was a couple of jump scares that got me a little bit, um, especially <laughs> they have a thing about like through the mirror or through a glass. Like there always has to be like glass breaking. Virtually every time someone goes to open a door or a window in this movie, I was like, there's going to be something scary on the other side. And I was right most of the time. Mm -hmm. They fake you out a few times. They fake you out. I really like uh, when he gets back to the house and he, he they're like, he's like, lock up the house. And you see him go to a window and he's opening it to close it. I'm like, oh, he's going to be out there. And he isn't. I was like, oh, OK. And then he goes to another window and he's behind that one instead. <laughs> <laughs> so like. Tommy, they went to the funeral, and then uh, they talk about the mother and father dead, right? That That's the thing in the movie. Yeah, their yeah. parents are dead, and he's, like, raising the kid, and he's like, this is hard. I might send him to live with his aunt or something. I can't remember what he says. Mm -hmm. And the the, uh, the, the kid, uh, Tommy, or whatever, he's concerned. He's talking to the fortune teller. Like, I think he's going to leave. And she's like, if he leaves, he'll take you with him. Which is a weird, like, kind of foreshadow for the end of the movie, which I don't understand, but I guess we'll get to it when we get to it. Mm -hmm. So, the tall man, I think we're going to say it right off the bat, he represents death, right? <clears throat> um, I You could look at it that way, it seems like, and that that's, uh, that's, that's a, you know, a viable way to look at it. <laughs> What do you guys think of the the special effects of this uh, movie? Because one, I want to say, both ket uh, ketchup and mustard were probably used <laughs> as like effects, especially the when he cut the finger off and there was like yellow mustard. Yeah, it just looks like mustard. Like it's even like the same darker shade of yellow, and it, it looks like it has the same viscosity. Like, is it just mustard? Did anyone look it up? No. I should have. I, I didn't look into that. Uh, I think it's supposed to be embalming fluid. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's just like chemicals, like that he would use to to preserve bodies. But. Mm hmm. Uh, and then, <laughs> and then there's the part where whatever that security ball machine thing that would like <laughs> be in the fucking. Uh, uh, it was like in the mausoleum. The fuck. It was like patrolling the halls yeah <laughs> sometimes they didn't have enough money to do that effect all the time yeah and then it, you know obviously hit one guy and like 
that's where you got the <laughs> fucking blood just pouring out like it's a hose. That's one of my favorite parts in the whole movie. Like, yeah. I don't understand that thing. It's like, uh, just, you know, have something that shoots a guy or whatever. But no, it's got to be this super sinister, scary device. It's a perfect chrome sphere that shoots through the air with a weird sound. And then it bores into your head with two, like, razor blades. And then, instead of just, like, killing you, like, it already stabbed you twice, it drills into your head and, like, drains blood out of your body. It's like, holy shit, Jesus Christ overkill. And it comes back. <laughs> it comes back in the other movies. Good. Um, I want to get this out of the way. Because this is where it gets really strange for me. So they, and, and you know, if you ever listen to the show, we always go, you know, back and forth in the plot of the movie. But Reggie, uh, Mikey, and Jody, they go, we need to go to that door. And they go to the door, right? And they open the door, and it's like this bright... Every time I saw like a bright white room, I always thought of Stanley Kubrick because of, you know, 2001 Space Odyssey. Like, that's the first thing that came to mind. Um, and then you see like these canisters <laughs> and like Jody looks into it and I'm trying to think like, what the fuck is in those canisters? And apparently it's the dwarfs. Slaves. Yeah, the slaves. And this is where it gets really, really fucking weird because apparently there's these like two metal uh, metal rods and uh, Mikey falls into it. Yeah, and it creates like a portal that he kind of falls into. And I, I want to talk about the dialogue that happens after that because Mikey gets pulled back by Jody because uh, Jody pulls him in and he goes, they're slaves. And I'm like, how do you, you just realize that based off of just falling in there? And then he goes, that's why the planet is hot. And then Reggie goes, yeah, exactly. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, he gets pulled through the portal and then he comes back and he like just knows, oh, they're slaves. Oh, they're shrinking them. It's because the planet has high gravity and it's really hot. So they have to condense them down. And they're slaves, and they're being sent there. They're the dead people that he's sending to be slaves. What? How did you get all that? Like, I would have just been like, oh, fuck, there's some weird desert over there, and all the dwarves are there. Let's not go there. I think what really fucked with me is when Reggie was like, yeah, exactly. And I'm like, what? What do you mean, exactly? <laughs> it's fucking bizarre. I really like uh, the callback to the tuning fork, though. Like, that's super cool. I like that. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty neat. Um, another part is obviously these dwarves are like these minions for, I guess, the tall man. I I guess we're going to assume that's the, the case. Um, but they are slaves of death, you <laughs> see. And that that planet that he saw was the underworld. Yeah, that's what I see? thought at first is it was hell. I was like, oh, yeah. he just saw in the hell. But no, it's another planet. Well, they, I mean, it doesn't have to literally be. That's what it is. It could be an abstraction. Sure. You know? I really want to know, uh, Dubs, maybe you can answer this. Maybe you can't. Do the other movies expand upon that, that sci-fi premise of he's creating slaves for another planet? A little bit. Um, as far as my friend Dan says that they kind of answer every question that you have in the first movie but it gets fucking outrageous. I want to bring up this because I actually read about it. 
And the director, when he was filming this, the budget was $300,000. The movie sold in theaters for $12 million. Um, So (laughs) he didn't have a full script while filming this movie. Like, they actually had to... uh, do it in sections because of obviously Mikey is a minor uh, and they had to schedule around that, but he was writing the script as filming, which is not unheard of because Stanley Kubrick did the same thing as well. Yeah. I've heard of a lot of filmmakers do that, but <laughs> he, he, it, it's amazing how he came up with this idea. Just like, Oh, we're going to put these brothers in here uh, and this is going to happen. And this is going to happen. Uh, but I mean, I'm sure he had like a premise and a framework in mind. Like he wanted there to be some tall, scary, strong guy who's like robbing graves. And, you know, he probably had like the the general general framework. And then they built it all together as they went. Yeah, Because the first movie is about fear with Mikey, right? Because his whole family is. Spoiler alert is dead, including uh, Jody at some point because he gets into an accident. I guess. And um, he's going through this grieving process. And apparently, like, whatever we watched in a movie, some were dream and some were reality. You just don't know. Uh, In the sequels, they're taking the fight to the tall man. (laughs) Who who is that? Is it is Tommy and Reggie? Yeah, Reggie's in Reggie's in all of the sequels. That sucks. Mike, Jody... Mikey and Reggie. Tommy was the, the friend that died. In the that's movie. right. That's right. I'm, I'm stupid. But yeah. so, but that sucks because that means that sweet car is gone. That's the best part of the movie. Is that? Yeah, that was the best. Barracuda. The best part of that movie was that fucking Barracuda, man. Yeah, car mm-hmm. kicks ass. <laughs> but uh, I guess because because we can't tell what it like. Let's go back to the tall man. So. Let's just say the tall man was disguising himself as this blonde girl to fuck guys or girls, I don't know, and kill them, right? And then send them to the planet to become dwarves? Yeah, because- people in town weren't dying quick enough. Like, So he was actually like luring, seducing, and killing other people and turning them into slaves as well. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. What did you guys think of the insect and that scene where they were just like <laughs> with the fucking the bug and trying to put it into the dispenser? Yeah, that's I, acting, man. Fuck special effects. <laughs> well, the, the funny thing is explaining how it gets there. It's like Mikey breaks into the, the mortuary by himself. Uh, and he's like, I guess he's just trying to figure out what the hell's going on. And then the tall man catches him in the hallway. And then he had a, a hilarious realistic reaction. He's like, he pauses for a minute. And he's like, shit. <laughs> he just runs away. <laughs> and, uh, he chases him through there and then he shuts his hand into the door, the, the tall man's hand. And then it's like, he, he like hacks his uh, hand with a knife. He, he brought with him and cuts a finger off. And his fingers are like still moving like independently of like being cut off from his body and everything. Mm-hmm. And he, he just thinks to grab one of the fingers and puts it in his coat pocket and just yeah, runs leaves home. his knife. God, that drives me crazy. Yeah, I know. He left his knife there. And, and, <laughs> and then um, he puts it in a box and he shows it to his brother uh, after sleeping on the stairs with a shotgun <laughs> the whole night. 
And then he's like, what, what the hell are you trying to show me? He shows it to him, and he's like, okay, I believe you. And I was like, wow, that actually worked one time. I did not think, I, I was sure he was going to be like, oh, that's a trick. What what joke shop did you buy that at or whatever? Yeah, mm-hmm. something like that, yeah. Oh, it worked. Like, I'm glad because all the best parts of the movie come from them working together. So they knew, look, let's just get to the good part. He believes them. They start working together. Now they're Now they're getting chase scenes with hearses and fire shotguns out of the top of barracudas like and then he tells them warning shots are bullshit don't give anybody warning shots <laughs> <laughs> fucking laughed out loud at that but yeah he, he after they have that conversation he's like okay go get your thing and we'll take it to the police station we're gonna file a report and he goes upstairs he like opens the box and then all of a sudden that thing is turned into like this giant mutated fly that mm. apparently has super strength <laughs> And yeah, they do this whole scene where it's they're trying to hold it in a shirt. It's like they're wrestling it around all through the house and they shove it in a garbage disposal. Here's what confuses <laughs> me a little bit because there's a part where, you know, the dwarf goes crazy and like Reggie flips over his ice cream truck, right? Uh and then Reggie shows up later and he's alive and you're just like, "What the fuck?" Okay. I thought they were setting up that he betrays them or something. Yeah, yeah I kind of thought that too. But you know, they never. There is no real evidence that he's dead or anything. Yeah, yeah. Just, he's gone. Yeah, but then he turns around uh, because remember Mikey was hanging out with those two girls. I forgot named Sue or something like that. Sally and Sandy. Yeah, and like Reggie goes, "Yeah, Sally and Sandy are okay," and I'm like, "What? What the fuck is happening here?" Because was that just like? Again, this is the the nightmare world that Mikey's building uh, or grieving through. Was he just thinking that everybody around him is going to leave him and that's what he was thinking? Yes, he was thinking that everybody will abandon him and everything dies. I mean, I'm being real. I, I, like, that's what I think probably happened. Yeah, it's, I mean, I'm not I'm not yeah. making light of it. I'm just saying, like, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, like... I, I actually dig that, even though I was kind of like, what the fuck is going on? But again, I, I love the where Reggie thought of the tune and gu- gu- guitar thing where he just puts his hands on the metal rods. And then all of a sudden, like the the building starts to shake and shit. I was like, what is it? What's that? And then he gets killed. Yeah. That part sucked. Yeah. yeah. Or did he get killed? Well, clearly he didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So- <laughs> um. I I do like the tall man's dialogue throughout this whole fucking movie. Boy, <laughs> boy, this the game is over, boy. <laughs> One of my favorite reveals in the movie is is boy is a. At the end, I was like, "Oh, this is a fake out." There's still going to be like a scary thing at the end. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? And when he shuts the door and the mirror reveals him, and he's like, "Boy!" And then hands come through the mirror. I that's one of the best parts of the whole movie. I fucking love it. Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. I like the part where he's in the um where he's downtown and then he sees him like just in broad daylight, like standing in front of the Dairy Queen. <laughs> Reg is like taking. He's like opening his ice cream truck, and then like all the condensation comes out, and it looks like fog. And he's that, like, <laughs> "That is the moment this movie won me over." In fact, because yeah. up until then I was like, "This is pretty cool," but it's like so over the top, hokey, stupid, and badass. Yeah. Like it's like 
If you look in the background, there's a bunch of advertisements for like Mr. Misty and a bunch of other shit. It's a Dairy Queen. He's standing in front of a Dairy Queen and an ice cream truck is open and like, oh, fog comes out. It makes him look cool. But it's like so absurd because it's ice cream and he's standing in front of a, a Dairy Queen. It's, I was like, I said out loud to myself and my hoe, I said, this movie is badass. <laughs> <laughs> that is the moment I was like, no, I do love this movie. Because up until then, it was like, oh, this is pretty cool. All right. That was the moment I was like, yeah, this is cool. <laughs> I do. I do like the part where Mikey's like laying in bed and like uh, it's a graveyard. Right. And like the tall man's behind his bed. And like Mikey wakes up, and then like these zombie things come out of the ground and like grab him. I, I like that scene. It's che- it it's cheesy, but it's fucking badass at the same time. Yeah, it's a pretty cool dream sequence scenes and shit like that. And that was before you know Nightmare on Elm Street was doing stuff like that. Really. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um. <laughs> and then like Mikey's uh running away from Tall Man, and this is where the you know, don't fear part comes in because he, he's disguised as this like blonde girl. And he's like, don't fear, don't fear, don't fear. And then he runs away. Uh, and like they plan to trap the tall man in this hole at like a mine shaft. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so Mikey like gets him to go over the hole and he, he falls in there. And then out of nowhere, like rocks start coming in, and then you see like Jody just going like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's up there like, yeah, Hulk smash, bitch. Like, push all these boulders down, I guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, I I enjoyed this film. Like I said, it, it makes me want to watch the sequels, like all of them, because of how outrageous this movie was. Great. Now I gotta watch Leprechaun and Phantasm. Well, we know what we're doing next October. <laughs> uh, unless you guys have anything else to say, I highly recommend this movie. Oh, this movie's great. Watch it for sure. Yeah, I like it a lot too. Okay. Um, who wants Andy? You were the one to bring up the Wicker Man, so I'll let you start off talking about I it. I was the one to bring up the Wicker Man. I've heard a lot about this movie over the years. A lot of it stems from like, oh, not that Nicolas Cage one. You don't want to watch that one. You want to watch the good one. And for the record, like this movie is, I'll just say it. It's good. I like it a lot. But man, it's not scary. This is more of a thriller than a horror movie. I yeah. Like, I was kind of, like, disappointed in a way. And I'm not disappointed because it was a bad movie. Disappointed because I was like, oh, man, I'm the one who was like, we should watch this for our horror movies. That being said, there's still some genuinely, like, creepy, creepy stuff in it. Yeah. Um, it's uh, this this police officer is sent an anonymous. Uh, he's told there's a missing child on this this weird island, like, that only only people who live there are allowed to be on. And they farm apples and other stuff to to get by and well anyway the child's missing so he has to go there because he's a police officer it's it's in it's in scotland specifically that's important it's in the scottish highlands there's a bunch of islands that aren't part of the continuous great britain and he just starts questioning people he's like where's this kid everyone's like i've never seen her before and then as the movie goes on it's like he keeps seeing things that reveal no, this kid does exist. He finds like the the roll call book in the school, and he's like, "Her name's right here." You fucking lied to me, and like calls a bunch of twelve year old girls filthy liars, <laughs> and then like yells at the teacher for teaching them about the penis, and 
so he keeps going on and finding new information. Eventually, he goes and meets Christopher Lee, who's in hold, charge of the whole thing. Hold on, Dracula. You missed the best part where he opens up her desk and there's like this beetle going around like a screw. I couldn't figure out the significance of that. Like, is he the beetle or what's going on here? I thought it was just a play on the weird uh, ritual thing all the boys were doing outside of the schoolhouse. Yeah, like it's it has that thematic similarity. But I, I thought, you know, oh, in a movie like this, it must it's a metaphor or it's supposed to like foreshadow something. And I was thinking about it after the movie, and I must be a dumbass because I was just like, "Is it just weird? It's just there to be weird." I think. I think it's yeah, because he just turns around to this weird girl who's saying it. He's like, "You, you, you, you pretty much calls her a sick bastard without saying uh, yeah. or a sick bitch." And he's, yeah, he's why do it? Yeah. yeah. It's weird too. Like I don't want to be like an asshole, but it's kind of like the ugliest kid in the class that does it too. It's just weird. <laughs> right. <though. laughs> But anyway, he keeps finding more shit, and he goes to talk to Christopher Lee, and he's like, "Oh, we don't worship the Christian God here. We we're we're pagans. We're heathens. We worship the old gods. We worship the old gods. You know, uh, uh, Christ God. You know, had his chance, and now now we're doing this, and it works. Works. And uh, he's like, "Well, I, I'm gonna dig up her grave," and he's like, "Fucking go for it. I don't care." So he goes and does it. They dig it up. It's a hair. There's there's not a child in there. It's a hair. And of course, he's like, I found this in her grave. I'm pissed off now. I'm going to go get a bunch of other cops. We're coming back here. We're going to like find that girl. And there's going to be arrests because everyone's been obstructing justice. And you've all lied to me. And I'm Christian. And you're not. And I'm pissed off about it. So, of course, he goes to leave the next morning. And his fucking plane doesn't start. Duh. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, his plane doesn't start. So he, he hits a guy and steals his costume, dresses the <laughs> fool, is part of their like procession. Uh, they get to the end and it's like, there's the little girl. We're going to sacrifice her. And he just like runs past a bunch of guys. It's like, I'm here to save you. And she's like, hurry, let's go through the cave. And they go through the cave and they get out of the cave. And then they're like, no, we were never going to sacrifice a girl. We were going to sacrifice you, you fool king virgin weirdo <laughs> and um so they march him up the hill and then they put him in a giant wicker man a wooden man that's where the movie title comes from that's my favorite part, though. And then the credits roll his, his reaction is what makes it he's like oh jesus oh god yeah he sees the thing he's like oh christ oh lord god <coughs> so um that's so this is the first time on the show ever that someone has successfully told the entire synopsis of a movie just beginning <laughs> to end. Because, frankly, that's the whole movie. I mean, it we're really going to talk is. about the nuance. Like, I don't want to downplay this movie's complexity and its plot because it is a thriller. It's still like, what's going to happen? He needs to find some stuff. Like, the scenes where he's, like, trying to pretend to be the fool are genuinely, like, tense. Like, they're doing that weird thing with the swords where they're going to, like, uh, chop off someone's head. And like he gets his head put in, I was like, "Well, he's in trouble." But no, it's just it's a fake out. Yeah, and, and then a double fake out when he thought somebody got their head chopped off, but it was a joke or yeah, maybe part of the ritual, maybe. Um. Oh, Christopher Lee dresses like a woman. That's funny. <laughs> there's a lot to unpackage in this movie. Yeah, uh, no, there's a, there's a lot to talk about. Like I just ran down the whole plot. I don't want that to to downplay the movie like it's still good like even knowing how it ends which i did i was entertained throughout so when i was watching this movie i was like i went to go look at the genre 
because I'm like, is this a fucking musical? <laughs> yeah, the beginning of it has a fuck ton of music. Because <laughs> like the you have the the half in slash bar. Um, the green man. Yeah, and then like there were certain scenes where they just started singing. Christopher Lee sang a lot. Yeah, uh, there's a, he's walking around for a while, and there's a song about corn. By the way, the soundtrack badass. Um, corn something. Uh, <laughs> I, I I digged it. It was pretty cool. No, I really liked it too. Like it did a really good job of setting a mood that I'm not used. Like it. <sighs> Maybe it's because I knew, like, he's looking for a lost child. And I'm pretty sure he dies at the end of this movie because they set him on fire. But it was, like, unsettling some of the music a little bit. Mm. What was really also unsettling is when, you know, after the scene where he goes to the end and they're all fucking singing and stuff and he goes to his room. But then he, like, walks around the town, right, doing his little stroll and he sees people having sex just together and then like this girl humping a tombstone uh and crying and you're just like what the fuck is going on here yeah. uh, and i it, it's funny because going back to the plot right like they all set this up for him because he he was like this christian virgin thing so think about it did they scout him out yes to, yeah, he wow. says at the beginning of the movie, this was addressed to me. Someone sent me the complaint that there's a missing child. Mm-hmm. They they chose him because they knew that he's a he's an extremely Christian man. They knew that he's engaged to be married, but they knew somehow. Maybe he said it to someone, or maybe there was a test to make sure with the innkeeper's daughter that he abstains before marriage, meaning he's a virgin. Mm-hmm. Zach, what about you? What do you have to say about this movie? Um, it was really weird. Um, I like to know how they figured out he was he was the right guy. Yeah. <laughs> what did they uh, do? Send scouts to the fucking mainland? I read a lot about this movie. There's a fuckload cut out of it, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah. There are some of the musicians that worked on the movie, like a bunch of them recorded music for it. They're like, OK, I'm done with this movie. And then like got summons to like come appear in the movie on set. Like they weren't told they were going to. They just like recorded music and they're like, uh, you guys need to come up here. You're in a scene. But anyway, uh, a bunch of the musicians said they remember scoring like a long dream sequence that he's supposed to have when they're like trying to put him to sleep with that weird looking hand thing. <laughs> And um, there's a bunch of scenes that were shot before he gets to the island. There's one part where he and someone else are sitting in a car having a conversation about like what he's going to do. Yeah. And there's lots of other like smaller bits and pieces that that people swear were recorded. But I've never seen the light of day. I guess there's a director's cut and I don't know what's on the criteria. I, I watched it on the Criterion channel. I don't know if it's director's cut or what. But I guess there's a director's cut that also is missing a fuckload of stuff. And a lot of people don't understand if it's even available. It might be gone forever, as well, as is the case with most of these old movies. The only, the only thing they kind of tell you that he's a really extreme Christian man, besides him, like, yelling at people, be like, this is not part of Jesus' plan. Like, they do this, like, little dream or, like, flashback where he's, like, at a church being, like, yeah, a preacher. A well, it, it flashes back while he's like literally, you know, saying his prayers before he goes to bed, comma, brother. I mean, he's he's actually like kneeling next to his bed, speaking to God 
in the Christian way before he goes to bed. Like that's, that's, that's an extremely religious guy. And then he gets real upset later. Like, Oh, the churchyard. Oh, can you call it a churchyard? It's not attached to a church. And everyone's like, we don't obey. Uh, one of the cool scenes, he goes to the churchyard, the cemetery, he goes to the cemetery and like knocks all that wood aside and creates a cross. Cause he's so unsettled by the fact that there's no Christian iconography in this, in this churchyard anymore. Yeah. I, Maybe it's because, you know, back back then, like religion, I mean, religion's still big now, but like religion was very big back then. But like <laughs> throughout this whole film, um, I was like kind of angry at the cop a little bit because he's like forcing his religion down people's throats. That's, uh, that's true. And I knew this was going to come up. Sorry to interrupt you, but I, I, I kind of like I was ready because I wanted to talk about this. This is not an American movie. In America, in the land of freedom, goddammit, in America, we have a separation of church and state. You can practice whatever religion you want. That's what America was founded on. That is not the case in Britain. Britain is a Christian country, and especially back then, less so now. That's a whole other fucking huge can of worms we can get into. But Christian, that he even says it at some point. Like, Britain is a Christian country. You will teach the, God's law in Britain in Scotland and in, in the UK. And uh, they're just like, nah, we're not going to do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, well, but you got to understand this. This isn't the United States. You're used to the way things are here. If, if a police officer tried to push their religion on someone here, there'd be a huge fiasco. But in Britain, nah, that's just, you're, it's a Christian country. Be a Christian. But, uh, again, this is probably my American ways coming in as well, but I, I still hated the cop. Not, but, and he, they, uh, the daughter of the uh, the manager of the inn is like, you need you need to cheer up around this town because he was like being like a angry guy, which is you know he's doing his job. He has to find this missing girl, which is understandable. Yeah. But but he was still being a douche. Uh, and then what really bothered me, and I don't know Britain law uh, or United Kingdom law a lot, but he would say let me go look in here. And he's like, no, you got to go to the Lord Somerville or Summer Isle or whatever to get permission to do that. And he's like, no, fuck that. I'm going to do it anyway. And I'm like, you're breaking the law, I guess. Maybe he can do that. I don't know. I don't know either. Like if they're allowed to do that. <clears throat> um, but maybe because they're, they're impeding his investigation because they are official records. Like it seems like he should be able to look at them, I guess. Uh, benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh but we we interrupted zach but zach where do you what were you thinking about this movie besides it's weird um that's the that's the pre prevailing thought i had yeah kind of similar feelings about the is it interesting oh you know the cop's kind of mad and he's kind of like pushing his his uh christ agenda a little but at the same time as the movie goes on you find out like the people that all live here they're kind of fucking weird and depraved in their own way Mm -hmm. maybe maybe that's part of it like i hadn't considered this but it's like if you didn't understand what what was going to become in the movie the first couple acts it kind of seems like he's a religious zealot he's being an asshole he's saying like you need to you need to you know worship my god you need to be religious the way i am and then at the end they out religious zealot him to the hilt like they are <laughs> way worse than he is maybe maybe that's part of the point maybe that's what you're supposed to get out of it a little bit mm -hmm. i hadn't considered it till just now yeah that was just some of my thoughts about it um 
man, that whole scene where he was like, uh, he was trying to go to sleep, and then that fucking the innkeeper's daughter was doing. There's that weird musical number where she's dancing naked in her fucking room. Yeah, that's weird. banging on the walls, and it like I felt like it went on a little too long, honestly. <laughs> oh, I, I think I looked at my phone during it, and it's not that you know, gorgeous woman on screen, whatever. I don't care. Yeah, uh, I just I was like, yeah, this is I get it. I get it. It didn't have to be five minutes plus. I, it just needed to be like maybe a minute and a half. But I think that's that's supposed to be the test. She's like, hey, come fuck me. And he's like, I want to fuck her. Mm, I ain't going to fuck her. I mean, yeah, he was I, sweating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually got some trivia about that scene, by the way. So oh, yeah? the actress was actually pregnant during filming. So when you saw her, you know, from tits to about under her tits and her face, obviously, that was her. Every they time got her it, a butt double. Yeah, every time there was like a full full body, and you see the butt shake, it was a uh, a different actress. And trivia is that every time she gets a picture of a, a fan coming up to a, a with a picture of her ass, or that that scene with the ass, she doesn't sign it because that's not her. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah. Um. Jeez, oh what else was there? Oh, oh! I just had something I was gonna bring up, and I just lost it. Um, I I know it's weird, and who cares? But uh, what was the guy's name? Edward Woodward is the name of the actor. Why did mm-hmm. his parents do that to him? <laughs> Edward Woodward. Yeah, it's like really. Come on. Oh, also, apparently he's a hot fuzz. I don't know who he is. I meant to look that up. Maybe he's the chief. Maybe he's the village. I was thinking guy. he was maybe the priest. Yeah, yeah. That would, that would be clever if that's what actually it actually was, but I want to find out. <laughs> um, also, another trivia. Uh, you know when he lands on the island or lands on the, the water, um, and they, they, they show the, uh, the rowboat with the eye? Apparently, that's a resident, the, the, uh, somebody on the island's boat. And they just You're just reading the IMDb trivia now. Yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> No, it belongs. It belongs to a resident. Also, uh, all the shots of the islands—that's South Africa. That's not even Scotland. <laughs> well, that's disappointing. Yeah, it really is. But I guess the the some of the Scottish Highlands legit do look like that. It's just they they filmed this movie in like October and November, and it's supposed to be April and May. So I gotta have flowering trees. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll say uh, the only thing I'll say is like I know it was th- it, I was a little disappointed too. It wasn't really horror. It's weird because it says that in fucking genre descriptions everywhere. It you does. Look. It does. Not only, I mean, on the Criterion Collection, they're doing a '70s horror collection, and it's one of the highlights. So I was like, "Oh man, this movie's gonna be horror as fuck." But yeah, nah. maybe. I, I mean, call it, oh, go ahead. What do you classify as horror? Well, see, that's that's the thing about this is, um, this is mostly a thriller just with some light horror touches to it i would say so yeah thriller is a weird genre because sometimes it can thread that line into horror a little bit yes i i i feel the same way like it's not so much that it's not a horror movie it's a horror movie it's just more a thriller movie to me i I guess i guess part of what the director wanted and either the director or the guy who wrote the book it's based on a book but they they said like I'm sick of horror movies only having like gore and blood to be scary like I want atmosphere and foreboding to make this movie interesting and scary and they did they did a really good job very slow burn yes because honestly for the first half of the movie 
I was like, so far this is just more weird than unsettling. Yeah, it's it just kind of seemed like a boring Twin Peaks episode for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But I guess to answer your question though, what is a horror movie what makes one specifically is I guess it would have to be like um just more of a focus on some weird supernatural possibly stuff, some you know, some gore, maybe monster. Not even that. I've always thought it was uh, if you have a genuine concern for the life and well-being of the characters, that that's too. a horror movie, I think. Mm. Which I do for yeah. for the for the the, the sergeant. So yeah, they get it. It's a horror movie for sure. I'm sure when this movie came out in 1973 or whatever, it was way more terrifying than it is now. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. considering, like you know, the target audience is like devoutly Christian people. Apparently, it fucking bombed at the box office. Oh, really? That sucks. Yeah. I didn't know that. Like, bad. I think the budget was like 500000 and it did like 12000 Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Damn. Oh, Shit. um, uh, Christopher Lee agreed to appear in this movie for free, though. Really? Why free? Uh, this is this is a big part of why I wanted to watch this movie. Christopher Lee wanted to, wanted to be in this movie so bad, he agreed to do it for free. He, um paid all his expenses to do the press tour and talk to literally anyone who would talk to him about the wicker man anyone like fucking i guess one of the instances mentioned in the thing i read was uh, like uh, daytime iowa television like interviewed him about this movie he talked to everyone and he paid all his expenses and he said several times in books and, and interviews and stuff this is one of his favorite performances sometimes he even said it's his favorite performance of his was he just so desperate to get out from underneath Dracula that he just wanted to do that? I th- I had that thought too. I wondered that too. But I mean, he he does a good job in this movie. He's convincing and foreboding, and he's I great. mean, he's he's still goddamn tall, and he's got such a bass voice. He could play anyone, and he would be foreboding. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but I, I like I like hearing him sing in this movie too. Because like, <laughs> whoa, that's that so is weird. That is very baritone. Like I had no idea. <laughs> I do like the part where. Uh, the sergeant comes back to uh, Christopher Lee and he like throws the hair like right in between them while they're singing. I found that in her grave, <laughs> which uh, man, like just the idea of them luring this dude to this Island to be sacrificed in that like burning man thing was really weird because think about it. Like you have to have the whole town lie about this girl. Um, just so that he could like investigate a while while they, uh, I guess, play with him until May Day, um, because May Day is when they start the sacrifice. Um, so he has like the whole every every person say, uh, "Oh no, she's not here," uh, and then eventually he finds all the breadcrumbs, uh, and especially when he finally finds her and she she goes, "You know, we need to get out of here." I'm like, that's way too easy. Like, I, I had, like, an inklage of, like, this is way too easy, too good to be true. Uh, and then when, you know, they come out of the cave and you see, you know, all of them standing around, I'm like, oh, shit, it's him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's the sacrifice. Yeah. Again, I, I had the ending ruined for me, and I really wish I hadn't. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what else? I do like the part where Christopher Lee, like, feeds the 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 god of the sea with ale and just hits it with an axe and just pulls the barrel into the ocean uh i don't know i just found it funny it was, it was his acting that did it yeah <laughs> made it stand out yeah 
<laughs> I do like the part where uh, the sergeant wasn't dancing uh, well enough, and Christopher Lee's like <laughs> berates him for yeah. it. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, "Come on, man, dance! <laughs> What's wrong with you? You're the fool." <laughs> uh, you know, I noticed some things because I watched the uh, the remake of Wicker Man with Nicolas Cage, uh, where they lift certain lines and just kind of like redo them just a little bit. I, I remember yeah. it that much or even certain shots there. There were certain things I was like, Oh, they took that and used it straight up in the Nicholas cage remake. The, the, the one that stood out to me the most was um, him punching the guy in the face. That's literally the same way it's shot is yeah. him running straight. You see his back, he swings full yeah. bore and hits the guy. And it's punches the, the guy shot. in the face. Of course, in the yeah. Nicholas cage version, he's dressed as a bear. Yes, and he punches a woman in the face. And it's funny. Yeah, because in the Nicolas Cage version, for some reason, they're all women. For some reason. I don't know. Yeah. Like, uh, in the Nicolas Cage version, it's like it's revealed later that it's his daughter that's missing and his wife lives there. And they're all, they're like a huge coven of women. It takes place in the United States. It's like somewhere, it's off the Pacific Northwest, right? I don't remember that part. Yeah, I don't really remember either. But uh, there's a bunch of like, how did it get burned as a meme and Nicholas care dressed Nicholas cage dressed as a bear punch and a woman is a meme. And like in general, I don't recommend the remake unless you just need a bad movie and you want to be drunk. Cause that's how I, when I was in college, we went through this weird phase where we were like, let's watch all the bad Nicholas cage movies and also drink a whole fifth of Jack for some reason. So we would do that once in a while. And that's why I've seen it. But I don't plan on watching. Like I thought, hey, maybe I should rewatch it if we're gonna do this uh, Wicker Man thing, and we can discuss it. But eh, no, it's too much work. I ain't doing that. <laughs> so in the remake, is Nicolas Cage a cop or just a father trying to yes, find his daughter? Yeah, okay. he's like a detective, I think. Actually, yeah, he's a detective in the something police to Portland or Seattle or something. If it's the Pacific Northwest, I'm having trouble remembering. They even lift the line about, like, the thing that they lose in the remake is honey. Like, they had problems with their bee colony or some shit. And he's like, oh, maybe I'll bring back your stupid honey. And then Howie says, like, if you sacrifice me, it's not going to change the fact bring, your apples won't grow. Bring back your apples, yeah. Mm -hmm. he, he says, killing me won't bring back your damn honey. <laughs> and I, I think what was a little creepy about the, the 70s one uh, is... There's this part where, you know, the sergeant finally realizes, oh, he's going to get sacrificed and, oh, he's going to get burned alive. So he, like, tries to talk to everybody and he's like, this is not going to work. You know, shit's not going to, you know, your your crops are not going to work. And he kind of does, like, this weird, like, I'm going to haunt you or God is going to shame you and all that stuff. And, like, Christopher Lee would confidence says no this is gonna work and everybody <laughs> believes him <laughs> yeah like, you know, that's you what know. i mean like they are way more zealots than he is but it is really cool like he talks about like no i'll i'll, I'll be i'll be redeemed i'm gonna i'm gonna be you know in the kingdom of heaven he'll be brought back to life and blah 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 i don't know i really like it like i don't think the movie would have been half as good if he wasn't like extremely religious yeah mm -hmm. i think so too i like that a lot and uh, I do like the scene where he's going to leave before May Day and like or on May Day and they're all dressed up in like their little uh, mask and yeah, stuff. Mask. That's creepy as fuck, too. Yeah, especially when like, they the pop the out of the bushes. Fantastic Mr. Fox came to see him off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, but I don't know what else to say about this. I, I recommend it, but it is not fully horror. Uh, as Yeah, it's is. not a horror movie, but I do recommend it as well. Mm. You guys seen the sort of sequel, uh, The Wicker, the Wicker Tree? Tree. Yeah. No, but I, I saw there was a sequel, and I was like, I'll never watch that. And then that part where he's like, if this doesn't work next year, the only thing that's going to work is if it's Lord Summer Isle himself. And I was like, ah, that kind of makes me want to see the sequel a little bit. Is Christopher Lee in it? He is in it. I, I, mean, I, I might have to see that then. That might be <laughs> he, good. He's just credited as Old Gentleman. So like they don't. It's I not. Like we'll have to see if it's if it's still Summer Isle or not. I guess. Mm, they, they I, might, I might look into it. It's the same guy that did the original. I mean, oh, the, the director and shit. Maybe the same writer. Maybe he gets demoted or something. Maybe he's just old gentleman. <laughs> maybe maybe they're like, hey, we're gonna have to sacrifice him to make these apples grow, and he like runs away maybe he goes into hiding that's why he's just old man and it's like a wink to the audience like oh, it's christopher lee there he is he's hiding mm-hmm. maybe i don't know, just a guess or maybe he's wearing a mask the whole time we just don't know it's him that they're tra- chasing i don't know maybe it's he's dracula maybe that's the twist <laughs> it's like, God uh, damn it, i can't get away from this horror shit but zach do you recommend this film um yeah i, I recommend it cool all right, usually we do a ranking after, um, but we're choosing to make it its own episode because I think we have a lot to unpackage with all the other films, and I think we're all going to have different um, rankings and stuff. And we also want to talk about more horror movies, right? Yeah, I mean, for sure. Uh, I, I just wanted uh, – we just wanted, sorry, to do an episode. Like, we used to do rankings on their own, and I just – feel like there's going to be a lot of debate because we got eight movies and they are all over the place in terms of quality. It's going to be an interesting conversation. Also, I just kind of want to do, I want Halloween to get some, to, to get to breathe a little bit. We're going to talk about horror in general. We're going to talk about the best movies we watched this month. Maybe our best favorite horror movies ever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So tune in for next week for that. Um, there's no news. Uh, we're th- the only news I have is we're three weeks away f- until PlayStation Five and Xbox Series X slash S gets uh into the wild into people's hands. Will they overheat? Will they red ring? Will they blow up in your living room? We won't know until it's in people's houses. Um, but there's nothing happening wrestling because wrestling is stupid. Um, you can say that again. <laughs> uh, trying to think what else. Cyberpunk is coming out soon. That's exciting. That is exciting. Yeah. I, I really want that game, but I don't think I'll get it day one. I think that game is going to take a lot of my time. Uh, and, I, and I'm thinking the same thing like you. I don't know if I should get that because, you know, we're doing a show called Accelerated Gamer. <laughs> CD Projekt Red said it is not as long as Witcher. They said it's like a more condensed. There's more quality per minute than than like, you know, being in a countryside. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, you got Assassin's Creed Valhalla coming out soon. That's another game that people are half and half about. Uh, but it has Vikings in it, and you assassinate people somehow. Like, that doesn't go together. Uh, but that's it. Um, so, I guess this is where we'll end the show. I know last week 
we were supposed to have some getting some color, but you know, some things uh got in the way with life. So we're doing it this Thursday for getting some color. Uh and then next week, uh next Thursday, we're gonna be doing a nemesis project because we had to move things because it was supposed to be this Thursday. Uh but next Thursday we're gonna do the Nemesis project with the books. Um that's that's all I think about. If you want to catch more Big Trouble, getting some color, the Nemesis Project, or even Accelerated Gamer, if you type in Nerd Review Network on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, yeah, just type that in there and you get all those podcasts. Um, until next time, I think this is where we'll end it. So, bye, guys. Thanks for listening.